Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry will equip you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area, you can find Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com and they will take care of all of your storage needs. If you haven't already and you're looking for other ways to connect with Free Your Children, you can find me at my website, freeyourchildren.com. There is a Free Your Children TikTok, Instagram, Facebook page, and a Substack coming soon. You can also find me at the Borough Pulse, that's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com. There you can find my author page, Tiffany Boyd, where I have written exclusively about education. So you can check out everything that I have penned to date. Also, For Your Children is very excited about the seminars that we're still hosting in Tennessee and we're moving nationwide. We just recently finished one up in Sumner County, and that area was just hit by a devastating tornado. So our prayers and thoughts go out to uh, the Hendersonville, Gallatin area. And also, I believe that Mississippi was also affected by that line of tornadoes. So we are praying for all the families and businesses that were affected in that area. If you would like to sponsor for your children... Just send me an email at freeyourchildren at gmail.com and I can send you a sponsorship packet. Well, I'm very excited. Tonight, we have a returning guest with us. Some of you may have listened to his interview previously. And before I want to introduce him, I want to say this. Free Your Children has been heavily censored. So if you're looking for radio shows that have been advertised on Facebook, please note that all of the radio shows that I have ever done have been removed from Facebook. They've been removed from the WXRQ Facebook page. You can still find those shows that have previously Previously aired, uploaded to my Free Your Children Spotify channel. You can find me there. They're also uploaded to the WXRQ website, thewxrq.com. If you don't use Spotify, you can access them there. But you know what? They say you've arrived when you've been censored. <laughs> so if you're still looking for information, you're still looking for shows, you can contact me if you're having dif difficulty finding them and I will help you locate those. But the air, the show is still airing on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. So tonight's guest is Dr. Brian Ray. He's back with us on Free Your Children because we didn't get to cover everything we wanted to cover in the previous show. So welcome, Dr. Ray. Thank you for letting me be here, Tiffany. It's great. It's wonderful to have you. I'm going to let you tell our listeners a little bit about you before we get started here. Thank you. So uh, I've been studying and following the uh, homeschool movement now since around, it's hard to believe, 1984. Wow. And uh, back then in 1985, I started the journal Homeschool Researcher, which is now a peer-reviewed journal, and it carries on quarterly. Uh, let's see, I don't know. I've got a PhD in science education, a master of science in zoology, a bachelor of science in biology. I love animals. Uh, <laughs> I love science. I love being outside chasing big animals with antlers and bears and cougars. And I love my wife and we have God blessed us with eight children. Wow. And now we're up to something like, I don't know, don't quote me, 
maybe 19 grandchildren. And I love doing research and helping people and following and thinking philosophically and politically and legally and everything related to the education of children. So that's a quick nutshell. Where I, oh, I started in 1990. Some other men and I started the nonprofit uh, National Home Education Research Institute, which some people call NARI. And it's real easy to find us with research, 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 statistics and facts at N-H-E-R-I dot org, Tiffany. Well, thank you for that. And I have used Neri many times in the work that I do with Free Your Children, and I appreciate all the hard work and dedication that you've poured into that. You spoke, you. you spoke about homeschooling your own children. Why did you choose, why did your family choose to homeschool? Well, it's it's pretty simple. It happened relatively organically. Uh, Betsy and I got married back in the late 70s and started having children. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, she was a student teacher in Portland, Oregon. I'm not going to get too specific on dates, but way back then, mm -hmm. she came home one day. It was a nice school with a nice teacher, you know, in a public government school. And she said something like, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're never going to put them in school like that. Tiffany, that was before we ever heard of anything like homeschooling. Wow. And I, yeah. I've met people all over the country about our age, and the same thing was stirring in their minds and hearts. Mm -hmm. So a few years passed, and I'm just trying to give you context here. Another thing is that that Betsy and I have kind of always been a little bit alternative and uh -huh. <laughs> kind of like whatever works. <laughs> and we're, we're not constrained by the norm. That's just our nature. I have no idea how God did that, but that's kind of <laughs> how we are. That's kind of how we are. I mean, I was raised in regular, normal, conventional Roman Catholic schools, and and Betsy was raised in regular, normal, government-run public schools, you know? Right. Uh, but it's just kind of how we are. And we did things like organic gardening before it was popular, and we did drip irrigation in our garden before almost anybody knew what that meant. You know, we were just doing things like that. So mm -hmm. when it came to our children, we were not feeling coerced in our hearts about doing it like everybody else does it. And we started to meet a few people who were doing what we now call homeschooling. Nobody knew what mm -hmm. to call it back then. And we heard uh, all these things were happening. And we heard a broadcast on Focus on the Family Radio mm -hmm. with Dr. James, James Dobson way yeah. back then. And somebody was talking about things like not sending them to school or starting later. And that's just into what we flowed. And mm -hmm. we never we never put them in institutional school. Wow, that's amazing. So you were very no, I mean, independent. Uh, another, <laughs> another, I mean, another big part of it. I mean, when I'm talking with, with Christians, I just take this for granted, but I should not. To us, it was clear mm -hmm. from the word of God it was mm -hmm. our job, mainly our job, with the help of voluntary help of friends and church to educate our children. Yes, yes. Well, you know, right now in the nation, because this is nationwide, you're hearing a lot about mental health. Yes. And then, of course, there's been the mis misnomer of socialization. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Regarding homeschoolers for a long time, one would think that that 
had been taken care of by this point, but it's still very much alive and well. So can you expound upon how you feel homeschoolers fare in terms of mental health? Oh, I lost your audio. Sorry, let's start with a bigger, let's start with a bigger picture. Why would anybody even ask the question of homeschooling, which almost everybody's heard? What about socialization? Why would anybody even wonder whether the home educated are doing okay in terms of mental health or not compared to others when for thousands of years, parent directed home-based education was the norm all over the world. And, and with that, we had creative people, we had painters, we had architects, we had builders, we had businessmen, businesswomen, we had farmers and ranchers and, and inventors. Now, I'm not saying they were all mentally healthy. I'm just saying it was a, <laughs> it was a normal way of life. I mean, that, that was how people grew up mm-hmm. in a home-based environment. And as they got a little older, they did more with people outside the family at home. They grew a little older. They did even more outside. The family. That was, that's, everybody knows that. Even in mm-hmm. social studies classes, professors of education teach teachers to teach children. That's how life is, children. As you get older, you do more with people outside the home. I mean, that's the standard way it used to be taught. Okay, so now, modern home education. Yes, it's it was not the norm. It was almost extinct. Mm-hmm. you know, by the 1970s in America. But we now know from 35 years of research that on average, home-educated children are healthier socially and emotionally and psychologically than children in institutional schools. Now, we're going to get to something here at the end, but let me, let me just tell you, out of, out of, all the peer-reviewed research done on this topic as of a few years ago, 87% of the peer-reviewed studies showed, this is by many researchers, not me, okay, mm-hmm. that the home-educated were healthier socially and emotionally and psychologically. Let me, let me give you an example. Guterman and Newman in 2017, lower depression for the homeschooled less externalizing problems. Some people might call that things like acting out um, and no no difference in internalizing problems and attachment security. Uh, Thompson and Jang in 2016, less underage alcohol drinking by the homeschooled. Montes in 2015, uh, homeschool, get this one, the homeschooled argue less than conventional school kids. <laughs> what? what? I have parents are probably saying, I don't believe that one. <laughs> and he found no difference in problem behaviors and social competencies. Okay. Vaughn, Vaughn and other colleagues in 2015, less use of and abuse of tobacco, alcohol, and illicit drugs by the homeschooled. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see this one here. Uh, oh, Green Hennessy in 2014 stronger religious affiliation by the homeschooled and less substance abuse and less delinquency by the homeschooled than the conventional. Okay, so, you know, it just goes on and on. I don't have time to read all these. Now, in a few studies, no difference. And maybe there was, I don't know, maybe there was a one study with negative or something. I don't, I don't even remember. But uh, positions of leadership, more, more positions of leadership by the homeschooled than the conventional school. 
uh, you know, so, oh, another study, self-concept higher for the homeschooled, uh, regardless of what you think of the concept of self-concept. But anyway, right. uh, so it's just, that's what I think is going on. And, and if you look at this from a conventional historical perspective, not modern psychology of say the last 10 or 15 years, everybody would say when children have stronger attachment to their parents, mm -hmm. healthy, strong attachment, they're going to have better health. When children can uh, read Gordon Newfeld's book, Hold On to Your Child, when children have plenty of time with their parents, they get to talk with their parents, have interaction with their parents, play with their parents, do things with their parents, they're healthier mentally and psychologically and emotionally. Absolutely. I mean, every, everybody's known this forever, Tiffany. So mm -hmm. if parent-directed home-based education by its very nature offers these things, why would the home educated not be better off mentally and so socially and psychologically? Exactly. I delve into this topic extensively. It's one of the many topics that we delve into in the seminars that I've been doing. And I've had a unique opportunity to have medical professionals that have been in attendance at the seminars. And when we finish, oftentimes there's a, a time for question and answer. And hands down what I keep hearing from medical professionals who understand what's really going on in our nation is that a lot of this mental health crisis that our youth are facing is the fact that a lot of the trauma that the children are receiving and being exposed to is actually being propagated by the school system itself. These children yes. are, yes, they're being bullied. They're being, um, introduced to pornography at a very young age. Their brains are developing. They cannot handle uh, the trauma that's associated with that. Yes. It's, you know, a lot of stress um, on the kids in general that are in a government school environment. And then, you know, so they create the trauma and then they come up with all these plans to treat <laughs> with mental yes. health diagnosis and, yes. and medication, <laughs> the very trauma that they have created. So it's just pervasive. And and again, I go into this in detail in, in the seminars and kind of weave the puzzle together for um, attendees to understand, you know, where this is coming from and where it's headed. And it's really frightening when you look yeah. at what it's it's child abuse, in my opinion, what's happening to children. Well, good, good job. Good job, Tiffany. And I mean, Think about this. In the olden days, and nobody's saying there was no sin around then, okay, but in the olden days, what was the big problem? Uh, shooting spit wads. Right. You know, and, and throwing paper airplanes. Mm -hmm. and, and now we're talking, we have, we have to have public school and private school campaigns yep. to try to reduce or stop bullying. Right. We have children in, in, on school grounds mm -hmm. being, having pushed on them illicit drugs. Yep. And like you said, and then you've got all the sexuality and the sexualization of almost yep. everything Absolutely. on all the de devices. Mm -hmm. and this is not even, even if you're an evolutionist, okay, mm -hmm. that is not normal homo sapiens development. You don't, exactly. you don't push that stuff on seven, nine, 12 year olds. It's just not, it's not even, like I said, not even from a natural perspective, it's right? A, na a naturalism perspective. It's not healthy. No, it's not the right order in chronological development. No, it's not. It's, it's horrifying to watch, you know, what is it? I got to throw something else in here, Tiffany. And, uh, and most people in the school system do not want to talk about this at all. And I know one of the key 
scholars on this topic, the old data from 20 years ago is that estimated 10% of all public school children will be sexually maltreated by, yeah. by public school employees by the time the children graduate from high school. Yes, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually wrote an article focusing on that. I think it was last year in 2022, there was a major news article that was released that said upwards of 350 um, school professionals had been arrested on sex crimes. Yes. And so now I want people to get this, grasp this right now. If there are about 50 million public school children right now, that means about 5 million of today's students will be sexually maltreated by public school employees, teachers, coaches, administrators, custodians, by the time they finish high school. Think about that. That's absolutely. And, and, I, and, this, and this woman, I'm not going to speak for her. She's been trying to get funding for more research on this to get updated figures and mm -hmm. deal with this. And almost nobody wants to fund that research. Right. And, and you're right. It's not spoken about. You don't hear, uh, you hear rarely anything about it. And it's a, it's a major issue. Let's talk a little bit about, well, first I want to address something. So there was, I want to call it a hit piece that was written about you uh, by the Washington Post, I believe it was. And I'm going to let our listeners hear from you um, right. because that rarely ever happens. So I'm going to yeah. kind of let you lead in that. And then you sure. tell our listeners what you want them to know regarding sure. that piece that was just written. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I spent hours and hours with this reporter. <clears throat> I gave her all the research I could basically find digging out archives from 30 years ago. And I'll try to be uh, about as gracious as I can at first, okay? Okay. If you go through the article, the article is supposedly about research on homeschooling and Dr. Brian Ray, all right? So you go through it, and if you could toss out the, the red herring, the poisoning the well, all that stuff, she kind of admits, hey... Ray knows research. Ray has had a big influence on research. He knows how to do research. He understands research. He's he's done some important research. But then her, her big beef is, but he does not always tell everybody all the limitations of the research. He does not tell them in his two-page brief fact sheets. He does not tell them in his three-minute testimonies to legislatures. <laughs> well, okay, a two-page fact sheet, you cannot go into all the details of a 30-page research article. But I always do include all of the research references so anybody who wants to get at all the details of limitations can do it, number one. Number two, I think she and many people who are watching homeschooling grow and it's not under the control of the government are really irritated by the idea that possibly homeschooled children do better academically, socially and emotionally and into adulthood. That just fundamentally irks them. Mm -hmm. Now, Yes, there's going to be more research. There's going to be more methodologically rigorous research, but that's all coming, you know, and we'll, we'll find out. Right. But here's, here's another point. What if the perfect social science studies are done with everything perfectly controlled, all the demographic variables? And what if, Tiffany, when you control for parent income, race and ethnicity, uh, how uh, parent education level, what if you control all those factors and you found out homeschooled children perform about the same as public school kids. That would still be a huge finding because they're doing just as well in that hypothetical situation 
without $17,000 per year of tax dollars, mm -hmm. without government certified teachers, without school of education trained teachers, without schools of education, without all of that, these regular old parents are doing just as well with their kids as a public schools. That would be a huge story in itself. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the research thing. And I think also people need to remember, although I've done probably more research on homeschooling than anybody in the world, just because I've been doing it so long, uh, there are many other scholars and you can look at reviews of research, like you could all look up Brian Ray, 2017 systematic review of homeschool research, something like that. You can see all these studies by other scholars, not Brian Ray. And the majority are having making fine, positive findings about homeschooling. Now, one more thing. Let's get into the uh, fallacies in her report. So it's supposed to be about research and Brian Ray, right? So very sadly, she goes out and finds one of eight children who's been, uh, I love her, uh, has been, what do you call it? Estranged herself from most of her family mm -hmm. when she got into her late thirties and sadly makes some false claims. Now, why would a big newspaper toss in that irrelevant factor in a story on research and a researcher? It's called yeah. the fallacy of poisoning the well. Mm -hmm. Also, why would a news big newspaper that is supposedly doing a story on research on homeschooling and a well-known researcher, why would they bring in the topic of corporal punishment and spanking? It's a red herring. Right. You know? It's also something that they've tried to, to propagate within the homeschool world for a long time and, and, yes. and basically accuse us all of being abusers yes. and, and spreading yes. that narrative, especially yes. in light of the documentaries that have come out recently, you know, shedding a negative light on homeschooling. So they're trying to lump us all into one. Absolutely. Category. And we can, we can thank God that uh, he helped my wife and me to be good parents mm -hmm. and we did not do abuse to our children. Now here's another question. Why would a big name newspaper go back to a professor I worked with 34 years ago who has no expertise in homeschool research, does not know me at all, had no authority over me at that university, and quote a negative quote from him about my research? Right. That's that's the that's called the fallacy of ad hominem. Mm -hmm. You know, so the newspaper has at least this article has at least four major logical fallacies in it, but you know, that's how they weave a story. They, they take a, uh, they take a, a point and then they weave in emotion and logical fallacies to try to sway the brain and the emotions of the reader. You, you can also look at it and see, wow, they got, they got this professional photographer and it's kind of a serious photo of Brian Ray, you know, and it's like, Oh, it's okay. You know, whatever he looks like, he looks like, and then they take a photo of, of me maybe 25 years ago uh, holding a lamb. And I kind of have a almost like a frowny face. And the impression is he's just out in the boondocks, nowheresville, isolating his children. I mean, this, this is kind of what you get from the newspaper. And yet, <laughs> and yet <laughs> our, our, uh, our six-acre farm is only two miles from one of the busiest avenues in Salem, the capital of Oregon. And on right on that corner is the only big mall in the capital of Oregon. So, you know, 
they try to weave this picture that emotionally tugs at people. And, and I just, I don't know, it's fascinating, but in some ways it's also despicable. Right. It's just built. It's an attempt to build a narrative to discredit the work that you've done for 35 years. But your work, I feel like, speaks for itself. And, you know, we appreciate the work that that your organization has done. And, you know, people can read that article. They can access it, but they can also re listen to this interview and then read, you know, the research that you've done for themselves. And I'm sure reach out to you if they have questions and you'd be happy to answer that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Any questions, any concerns, any improvements on how we do research? I'd love to hear it. Uh, but, you know, God is faithful and uh, and and there's also a pretty, pretty complimentary quote in there from a, a, re a, a well-known researcher with a lot of credibility. So you know what? It's going to get some more attention to the whole world of home education and research on home education. Right. Even sometimes they say even negative, uh, <laughs> negative attention is good attention, right? Um, it can happen. That can that's happen. right. That's well, right. You know, uh, God, Tiffany, we know God is sovereign and right. in the end, he will use everything in the end. He'll use everything to his glory. That's right. He will work what was meant for evil is good. Before we jump off here, I really would like to delve in and, and touch on school choice. That's a hot topic across the nation. Lots of states are trying to uh, bring legislation to the forefront to, to you know promote universal school choice. It's going on in Tennessee. I'm having people all over the United States contact me that are homeschooling. They're concerned about this. What do you say to homeschool parents and private schools in terms of should they accept government funding to educate their children? Uh, I'll try to be succinct because I don't think we have much more time. Right. Uh, number one, I'm going to answer this from a, since we're talking here from a, a Christian worldview, yes. I'm, I'm going to touch that. And then we're going to touch a practical application. Uh, one, if, if anybody who cares studies what God has to say about the jurisdictions of the family uh, the individual, the church, and the civil government, you will find that the education of children is solely under the jurisdiction of the family with the voluntary help of the church. It is not under the jurisdiction of the civil government. So the civil government biblically should not be taking one man's money to give to another man for the education or the pharmaceuticals, or the clothing of another man's children, or woman, by the way, that is philosophically, biblically, the incorrect order. So everybody, and people are listening and say, what in the world's Brian talking about? Well, if you've never studied a thought about jurisdictions, you got to do it because it's a biblical thing. And I'm going to give you one quick reference, uh, a book by Kevin Novak called Abolition, Overcoming the Christian Establishment on Education. And chapter one of that book is a wonderful explanation of what I just said. And that's the foundation. That's the foundation, Tiffany. Secondly, it amazes me that so many people who say or profess to be conservatives mm -hmm. or economic conservatives or Christians, biblical thinkers, out of one side of their mouths, and I'm not saying they're doing it with bad motive. I'm not saying that. Right. Out of the other side of the mouth, they're promoting the expansion of education welfare. They're Amen. promoting the expansion of taxation and the spreading around of taxes. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on with School Choice Capital SC. 
And some will argue, oh, Brian, it's not that simple. It's possible that there'll be less tax dollars collected and all that. Well, you know what? We don't have all that information yet. But the reality is, it's, let's be really simple and honest about that. If you have five children in the local private schools, and now all of a sudden you say, we're going to send tax dollars to them to support their private school education, you just expanded the coverage and the control Absolutely. of government-run education welfare. I'm just mm -hmm. going to be as simple and as blunt as I can be. All right. Now, if you do the same thing with homeschoolers, you're doing the same thing. Some people will say, Tiffany, you've heard this, but I'm already paying my taxes oh, for yeah. public schools. Why don't I just get some of my own? Mm -hmm. This is the answer, friends. It is not your money. Amen. You are not paying taxes right now. If you have your children in private education or private home education, right now you are not paying property or other taxes for your children. You are letting the government, well, the government's taking your money. And if you don't let them take it, they'll take your home from you or whatever. The government is taking your money to pay for the education of the children and the system that already exists mm -hmm. called the public government school system. Mm -hmm. If you add your private home education children to it, or you add private school children to it, then the government and your legislators have to figure out how to either take more tax dollars from the people or spread the already existing tax dollars around to more children who will, by its very definition, have to, must come under some kind of control of the government. And people will stop me right there and say, that's no way, Brian, we can write laws like that. No, no, here's the deal. Here's the deal. All of you listening, everybody listening says, if the government takes my money, that's called taxes, to pay for hammers for the military, we want the military to be accountable on how they spend those tax dollars. Mm -hmm. If the military can get a hammer for $19, but through some corruption or malfeasance, they're paying $412 for a hammer, everybody gets angry, right? Mm -hmm. So we must push and promote government control over anybody and everybody who takes tax dollars for education. We must promote much government control over anybody who schools at home or any private mm -hmm. school that takes tax dollars. We have to promote government control over that. Yep, absolutely. And it's happening here in my home state of Tennessee. It's happening in West Virginia. It's happening in Arizona. It's happening in Florida. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So Dr. Brian Ray just reiterated um, exactly what For Your Children has been saying for years. We do another deep dive into this and what's really behind universal school choice in the seminars that I'm also doing. I want to thank you, Dr. Ray, for being willing to come on here again this evening. It's always a pleasure to have you. And I want to leave my listeners with this. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.